welcome to the special episode of Two Guys One Topic, which is Ollie's Choice. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. And for those of you that don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it. The idea being, we do the hard work and then we share with you what we feel is the most important pieces of information. Yeah, we're not experts in anything that we talk about on this podcast. This is just a like a summary of our findings. But hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn just a little bit more about a whole load of random things. Come on then, Liam, let's get on, which is Ollie's choice. The topic this week is preppers. Okay, Ollie, preppers then. Very uh, strange topic to be doing, I think. You better start and tell us, what did you know about preppers or prepping before we started? Not too much, which is why I was interested in getting into it. I think I'd actually heard about this from you going way back. Well, actually, during the pandemic was something which maybe I then started to to hear about it or, or know about it a little bit more. I always thought as well that my perception of preppers, they're all a little bit off the wall, a little bit crazy. So I was interested to maybe just have a little look into it and learn more about it. How about yourself? Yeah, I, I might have said before, the only types of books I read are typically zombie apocalyptic fiction, which means <laughs> this this comes up quite a lot. So I, I you know I'm not an expert by any means, but I certainly knew what it was. Um, you know, some of the bits about it that that we learned about this week, I, I think I might have already known. But again, there, there are parts to it that I didn't know or, or wouldn't have thought about. So yeah, let's let's get into it, and um, hopefully, you know, if I if I know something, I'll mention that I already knew it and make myself sound clever. <laughs> So there's the point where I started with this was just what the definition or how you define what what preppers are. And for for people listening, these are the these are the people who are out there who are preparing for something to happen in the world and they're they're maybe going about it in a bit of a what I was thinking in a bit of an extreme way. So that's why I thought if I just start with the definition and see what it says. And it says it's the practice of making Active preparations for a possible catastrophic disaster or emergency, typically by stockpiling food, ammunition, and other supplies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also decided to start with what is a prepper, and uh, I've got that written down. But I'd also found out um, it was it's just in, let's say it in another way, someone who believes that a war or disaster will happen soon, and who learns skills and collects food and equipment in order to be ready for it. Yeah. And there so, um, are, but there's, there's certain ways about going about this, apparently, isn't there, which we'll get onto, and certain tactics, and yeah, a lot of different reasons why people decide to get on and do this. Yeah, these are these are people that, yeah, in a nutshell, they think the world's going to end, and they're going to be ready for it, um, typically by stockpiling things. A bit like when COVID started, what happened to the toilet rolls? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That isn't it. It's that just only they they aren't stockpiling toilet rolls. They're stockpiling everything. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because I I then started looking at you know why why people do it and sort of a little bit about around the history. 
And it being that because we've got supermarkets nowadays, you don't need to prep. You don't need to prepare because we've got things at our fingertips that we need all the time. Whereas historically, humans, we just had to prepare. So we had to gather food, we had to store food, store firewood for the winter or you know, store things for emergencies, for bad weather in olden times. But sailors used to have to do it if they were going on long voyages they would then have to stock up a ship, get the right equipment and everything that they would need in place before they then made their long voyage. But that's all just dropped off because we've now got this, is it called just in time? Yeah, but that, that's also one of the reasons why this is becoming a bit more of a bigger deal, isn't it? This just in time system whereby you, you know, I buy something in Audi, but they don't have another one in the warehouse. It gets ordered and then it comes on tomorrow's lorry and and everything is so tight, Every, you know, all of the systems in place and the logistics, a bit like we learned about cargo shipping. And, you know, nowadays with um, with the truck drivers and stuff, everything is so yeah. tight that as soon as there's a problem yeah. in the in the system, it all sort of falls apart a little bit. Um, exactly like the toilet rolls. <laughs> the toilet rolls <laughs> you said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's no slack in the system. So, so people, you know are starting to realize that that is the case and prepping for it, I guess. And it's becoming a bit more mainstream and social media obviously helps, doesn't it? Well, yeah. And just before jumping onto that, I was reading about how it, there were some people who were making the point that everybody's a little bit of a prepper. So mm-hmm. we're talking about the people who are more extreme in their reasons why they're prepping, but there's, there's a lot of things that you just do naturally as part of being prepared, don't you? Yeah, like stuff like just having money in the bank for a rainy day or in case of emergency, like that's yeah. preparing. Having a first aid kit in the car or, you know, having um like burglary insurance on your house, like stuff that is so unlikely to happen, but you prepare for it anyway. You know, everybody does it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those, those scenarios that you don't think would ever really happen and then what these preppers that we're looking into today, they're doing a comparatively similar thing, but just on a bigger scale with a more extreme reason for doing it. Yeah, the thing they're prepping for is much more of a big deal, you know, like, but imagine like the first person that tried to get insurance on their house for a burglar or something like every, what are you doing that for? And you know, it never happens. <laughs> like, that's just point, you're just wasting money doing that. But it does happen and some people need it, I guess. But yeah, that's not quite so bad as a nuclear disaster, is it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that is definitely the other end of the spectrum there, that there's a full, full out nuclear war that you're then going to protect yourself for. It's other things. It's like the economic collapse. So people concerned about their country's national debt and just thinking that all of a sudden money's going to become worthless and then they'll then that'll lead to civil unrest within the society and the society will then break down so there'll be a financial downturn as well yeah which actually happens you know that is happening in, you know you can find countries in the world where their economy is collapsing you know so you know that doesn't necessarily affect perhaps the western world quite so much but if it were to be one of you know imagine it was one of the big countries yeah. that happened to yeah there'd be trouble but yeah other things much more common nowadays like natural disasters yes you know, we see that tons and we did it on our weather episode how much more common much bigger weather fronts are becoming but you know stuff like hurricanes tornadoes floods earthquakes all these sorts of things that you see well 
where's that Indonesia? That volcano has just exploded, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just and and, yeah, and so, like you're saying, just more extreme weather. Just the the stats from our our weather episode. Just how much more frequent it is, and the number of days are going up of over fifty degree days. Yeah, um, and just, but just being ready for you know those those sorts of things. You know, when the hurricanes hit America, that you know, have you are you prepared to then not be able to go to the supermarket for a week or two weeks or whatever it might be? Yep. Um, Some people are worried about electric magnetic pulses. So EMPs, I think they are from the sun. So like a, a flare coming off the sun and it just wiping out all of the electronics in well, the world. It's a bit sci-fi. It's a bit sci-fi, isn't it? It's like, like, you know, there will be people who are preparing for a zombie apocalypse. Uh, yep. But you know, realistically, yeah, I would likely. But like, likewise, nuclear disaster. Like, do you really want to be alive if the whole world's been nuked? <laughs> like, is it really something that? Are you even going to know that it's happened if you get nuked? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And then just other, some other ones like people with overpopulation, just thinking that food shortages are going to run out at some point because there's too many people on the planet. And so they they then need to start hoarding and preparing food or learning skills where they can live without the reliance of a supermarket. Yeah, you said earlier as well about civil unrest. And we mentioned, uh, we talked to each other earlier in the week. Do you remember in London, those riots, whenever that was, yeah. like 10 years yeah. ago or something? Yep. I remember being, so I'm in Swindon. I remember being in Swindon and I, I remember being in an estate agent and everybody discussing whether or not the riots are going to come through Swindon. Like just because they they were happening in London, yeah, yeah. Like, well, they did, didn't they? They started like, happening in Manchester. They started happening around the country. Had that got worse, you know, these people would would be able to stay in their house for for a time, you know, without having to worry. Like, I had to quarantine when I got COVID for two weeks. Like, I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it a bit later. Stuff you need to prepare. Stuff you need to be prepared, but one of them is to have enough food for two weeks. They think you know that's yeah. a, uh, like a standard, isn't it? Be able to survive in your house for two weeks without having to leave. Um, yeah. So these are the type of the things that people are starting to get themselves more prepared for these unforeseen events or these these things that are going to you know be catastrophic for them. And there's different levels to it, really. And we're sort of focusing on the level five stuff, aren't we? in terms of where they, they come up with a, a grading system. Yeah, yeah, they, they call them five levels of prepping and it just starts really simple and then you get level two is, you know, just if you get a little bit hurt and you've got a bit of an injury, level three is what if you get let off of your job. Level four is what if there is a tornado, but we're sort of thinking about level five whereby like, let's see, let's just go a bit quite. It's called the SHT. TF scenario, isn't it? I'll say that again, just if you're listening, just see if you can think this through in your head. S H T F scenario. What it's do we really think that might be? It's a really bad scenario. Really, really bad situation. Yeah. End of the world level. Do you want to say what it is, Ollie? So, yeah. The stuff has hit the fan. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. The the stuff has hit the fan scenario. This is like, yeah, it's all gone a bit wrong here at, at this point. Like we were saying. Um, so we know what we're preparing for now, okay? We've all listened to this now for 10 minutes and we've all panicked and realised, oh, actually, what if any of this stuff happens? <laughs> I'd better go out and actually prep some stuff and, you know, it might mean I'm going to fill my garage up. But what, what is it? What are the tips? What, what are the sort of, uh, you know, the, the must-do things for prepping? Do you want to yeah. so start? If, in, 
So maybe a, a summary of the, the top five, and then we can pick through some of these then, Liam. So number one is building a good food supply. So this okay. is coming back to what you were saying earlier about having two weeks of food supply. Number two is store water, being able to store water and safely. There's no point just storing manky water. Number three, make sure you can actually cook the food that you've stored. I found that really funny. I found it really funny that it might be that somebody stored all this food, they get to the end of the world and then they realize they need to microwave all their food and their microwave doesn't work. Um, Implement an off-grid waste system. So this is more around human waste, making sure you're not living in your own waste. And then packing a bug out bag. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, just let's just delve into those just a little bit then. So food supply, what sort of food they pack in? It's got to be stuff that is like it's gonna last, isn't it? And you know, you we watch there's lots of videos on this. There's oh, loads so and loads of videos. Many, of, so many. So many videos of people showing you their bunkers and stuff they've got prepared in their garage and their storage of food. It's almost entirely canned food with long expiration dates, freeze-dried food. Yeah. Um and possibly people who've built like, um, you know, self-sustainable methods where they're basically growing their own crops, but they, yes. they're already like, they've got enough food and we, you try and go for two weeks, but you know, you see people with, ah, oh, I could live here for about a year with this. <laughs> yeah. sort of it's it, like, it's in massive, like oil drum size containers as well. A lot of the time as well, they've got them in these huge proportions that they've say yeah. like pasta or whatever it might be. Yeah. These, huge, these huge amounts. Yeah shelves full of 200 jars of pasta sauce yep and that's sort of thing. but like, i've read i've read a good tip if you want to start prepping by the way if you're feeling like you should get into this is you just buy like one or two extra things every time you go shopping literally just put two in yeah. and then you put one in your shelf and you go put one in your garage and then eventually mm-hmm. over you know over the space of six months or a year you'd have absolutely boatloads yeah no that's a good point what you were saying about you having to quarantine for a couple of weeks I think it's now on the Red Cross's website. They even suggest it used to be 72 hours, they said, but now they do actually say they reckon people should have enough food to last two weeks. Um, and yeah, that's that's a way about that's a way of doing it, isn't it? Just add a little bit frequently. Yeah. But the problem is, like we were saying, you know, you everything's on your doorstep nowadays. Like I live opposite an Audi. I don't need to buy, I didn't even buy a week's worth of food. You know, yeah. you buy today and tomorrow with food, and then you go and buy. Then the next day, you just pop in. Like you do, find yourself in trouble. Um, but okay, so that's food. So water, obvious. Yeah. So the reason they've gone about water is it's so important to survival. So you can only survive for three days without water. So yeah. if you find yourself in a situation, yeah, you desperately need to make sure you've got some water. I think you can survive without food for two weeks. But yeah. you'd go pretty hungry. But yeah, water, you need it after three days. And it's all about being able to store it safely. And then there's two methods with it. You've either got filtering your water or you've got purification tablets and stuff that you can add into it. But apparently those purification yeah. tablets take a little while to take into effect. And it's a quicker way is to, to learn how to filter your water properly. Yeah, and you can buy filters, can't you, and things like that. You go on Amazon, you can buy those using those fancy straws where you can dip a straw into any water and you just and drink just through the straw and it filters yeah. out. Yeah, that's cool. Crazy. That's really good. Um, so we've got our food. We've now got boatloads of water or, or, or at least some sort of method to get safe water. We might have some tablets to, to uh, purify them or, or a filter system. You've already touched on it, really. We, we've got something to make sure we can cook the food, which, we, yep. yeah, it's a funny, you know, if you've got 
little portable gas stove. Or one of them said, if you're planning on hunkering down in your own house, setting up an outdoor kitchen, some sort of barbecue system, okay. something where you can just, um, you know, not necessarily a barbecue, but perhaps a fire or a fire pit with some sort of grill over the top of it. So, you, you know, you can cook if you have to or boil water if you had to. Yep. Yeah, that, that all makes um, sense. Yeah, and then we've got it, sort out your, your waste system. Pretty grim, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, just your your human waste and then also what other waste you might have from from living, I suppose. So, yeah, just yeah, keep that far away from you, not messing with your water and all your other supplies and stuff. I don't know where it was. It might have been like Ecuador or somewhere where the government shut off the water. So people couldn't flush their toilets because like, and that's just like a, that's not because there's a pandemic or zombies. It's just the government have shut it off because the the country's going a bit doolally. Um, So yeah, like imagine not being able to flush down the toilet. That'd be a. So people having to store their wastewater, weren't they? Yeah. And and then to not let anything run down the the sink, they'd store all their water and then they would then use that to, if it's brown, flush it down. Is that the quote you read somewhere? Yeah, I did. This, yeah. Okay. So, all right. So they're the, they're the four, they're the four of the key five things, you know, we're just scratching the surface, I guess. But the, the fifth one, and this is something I'd read about quite a lot in books and stuff, um, is to pack what they call a bug out bag. I thought you had one of these. <laughs> no, I did start trying to put one together at one point. Okay. I did. And when you mentioned, I didn't mention it earlier, when you mentioned water filtration tablets, I've got some in a bag somewhere <laughs> in my <laughs> I remember I started trying to make one and uh, I ended up, I didn't actually get around to finishing it, but yeah, it's called a bug out bag. Um, but the, you know, this is the, uh, this basically a bag packed with survival supplies and kept ready for use in case of an emergency that requires a rapid evacuation. Yeah. So this is like, we're leaving, you know, come home from work. You've heard something on the news. We're leaving right now. We're yes. going to mum's house or wherever, wherever's safest. We're going to so-and-so's farm or something like that, whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is your your emergency bag. Pick up and go, and get you somewhere wherever you need to go. They've got a couple of different names I read as well. Some people just call it an emergency bag or your seventy two hour bag. Um, yeah, your evacuation bag. But I quite like the, the the bug out bag. Or inch. Yeah, inch is a good one. Inch is really inch. good. I'm, I'm never coming home. <laughs> Have it ready, like you know. But this, you know, if it really, really, if if the shiz did really, really hit the fan, like you've got to be able to run away, like quick, sharp. It's, you, it's good to have a bag ready, and um, they, it, there's lots of things you need in there, right? Oh wow, the list for it is incredible, and again, there's different levels of what you can put in your your bug out bag, going right down to how much everything weighs that you then put in it, and how much it then would weigh for you to carry it. So. You know, starting with something that's around 20 pounds in weight. So that probably give yeah. you like a well-rounded kit, all the essentials that you'd need to survive and recover if you were trying to get away from home. Then going up yeah. to something like a 35 pound bag. So, that, and this is weight, not money. So 35 pound bag and the type of things that it lists in here, it says can make a real difference. You know, you're sort of adding in things like a solar charger and sleeping gear um and stuff that will then allow you like a tent and allow you to, to then carry on sleeping away from from home and then level three is where you then get a bag going up to 45 pounds and this is where yeah it's, it's 
stuff has really hit the fan and this is full of all sorts of stuff just for longer emergencies and you're probably going to be living in the wild from it yeah this this is from a really good website isn't it it's called the prepared.com yep. i think isn't it that's right and it's fantastic like if you really really wanted to get into this um really breaking down like the weight of everything that might go in this bag and they talk about you know the bag it's really important to have but sorts of things to have like lighters waterproof matches water purification tablets like we just said stuff you perhaps wouldn't think about like they reckon you should have 50 feet of cord like rope okay uh a tarpaulin which can be used to make a tent or to make a catch water or as a um what's it called when you're ill a stretcher to to help you you know stuff like that there's all kinds of things they say you should go go in it um but yeah it's really really good but but then they start talking about pistols and guns don't they and extra magazines (laughs) (laughs) how many magazines are you putting in well apparently i should have a pistol a holster and a full mag and then if i've got space an extra full magazine but like and then another website was saying about oh you've got to have a crossbow and then you need an air rifle perhaps to go hunting with and if possible a larger rifle for for home defense like i'm not sure we're gonna need all that i've got a bat (laughs) (laughs) cricket bat a very british thing you've got a cricket bat whereas i think the other the other parts maybe aimed more at the, the american audience on the weights though sort of linking it back to the water they were talking about they're even saying about how much water you should you should then take and like the ideal weight of water and they were saying that it's probably about a liter's worth of water you should have on you so when when people are putting their yeah. oh yeah actually that's a good point there should be a disclaimer here don't put your bug out bag together based on what we're telling you <laughs> no but yeah yeah water's one and it's a toss-up isn't it between having no water and having too much water because it's heavy should we should we throw out some tips and like not necessarily do's and don'ts, but just some tips about yeah. this whole prepping malarkey? Because I feel like I'm just going to start saying them now. There was quite a good one. There was a, a, a chap I was listening to called Wes from Suppress A Straps, and he was talking about having a proper plan, an idea together. And he was talking about having a get home bag. So this is where you've okay. got something that you either keep at your office or you keep in your car. And if everything starts going wrong, you don't want to be hunkering down at your office or in your car somewhere. You're going to be getting home. So your home is where your base will be, ideally. So you've got yourself a get home bag in the first instance. And then that's obviously a bit lighter and everything. And then you get yourself home and then you revise the situation and see what you should be doing. Um, And so, yeah, I, I quite like that as an idea. You've got a mini kit out with you just on the road. Yeah, there's lots, isn't there? Like, don't dip into your, your bag either. So you set up this bug out bag, you've got all your cool stuff in there. And then, you know, some point in the year, it's someone's birthday and you haven't got enough matches for the birthday cake. Oh, I've got some matches in my bug out bag. <laughs> Slowly your bug out bag dwindles down. I was pretty cold. I'm going to go and get my sleeping bag that's attached to my bug out bag. <laughs> you know, in case of emergency, suddenly, yeah. Oh, oh I needed that extra magazine of bullets. That <laughs> <laughs> Other things they say is, um, yeah, keeping important documents together. So if an emergency that you need to pick up and go, you've got it all all prepared. You know, it's all it's all in a, a nice neat folder. You can just pick it up, grab it. Your passport, driving license, whatever it might be, all those important documents all in one place. Yeah, don't show off was quite a big one, wasn't it? That came up in quite a few different people I'd read and heard saying stuff like this. You know, if you're preparing, not just a bug out baggie, you know, if you've got two weeks worth of food sitting in your garage, 
and four weeks worth of water and you know all this stuff ready to go don't go telling everybody you've got it because if it really really did come down to it they might suddenly not be your friends yeah they'd be your friends in those inverted commas would be yeah be the first people coming around to take everything from you wouldn't they yeah it's all right liam's got 97 toilet rolls and 400 gallons of water and 97 tins of pasta sauce let's go and borrow some of his (laughs) yeah for, for, yeah, first rule of prepping, don't tell people you're prepping, probably. Um, one of the other things is, yeah, just learning some of those those skills, those important skills like around first aid skills, actually know what you're doing in that situation. Be able to start a fire without matches. Um, yeah. Be You know, keep at least half a tank of fuel in your car at all times. Just if you need yeah, to It's a mindset, somewhere. isn't it? It's... it's yeah. um, it's it, it's not something you can sort of half do. If you're going to be ready, then you've got to be ready, ready, ready. So definitely on that mindset thing, I was, I was reading exactly around that where it was saying, if you can try and incorporate your hobbies into prepping. So in an American point of view, it's saying, don't just go to the shooting range as a hobby, go to the shooting range and practicing defending yourself, or don't just start going to a karate class just as a hobby go is it a way to defend yourself if and when the time needs to or if you want to get into growing your own stuff don't just do as a hobby you know the mindset should be i'm learning so if everything goes pete tong i can then grow my own food when the shops will shut down okay yeah okay yeah makes sense yeah and uh just one more i'd read about like don't skimp you know, I, I read, you know, if you've got to buy a tool, buy a, buy one that's definitely going to work. Because if we're really talking about actual end of the world, life or death, you know, don't buy the nine pound Amazon folding shovel, buy the 30 quid one. <laughs> yeah. um, instead of, what, what I told you earlier, what did it say? Buy once, cry once. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, what's that 20 quid worth at the end of the world? Nothing. Like, just, just do it once. Um, well, there's, you yeah. can get, you can get those pre-made bug out bags on Amazon or from hardware shops and stuff, can't you? But all of the prepping experts say that's a definitely a bad idea to do because they they focus on selling it at a price rather than the quality of the equipment. Yeah, they want it to be under whatever, like 200 quid. So they, yep. they put stuff in there to keep it under 200 quid when really you should have spent 350 and actually it's much, much better. Um, yeah. The, the knife won't snap on the first time you try and use it or whatever it might be. Yeah. 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 The matches actually are waterproof, not or whatever it has to be. There, there are um, so many tips on this, aren't there? Like simple things where it's like, just increase your exercise. If you're going to be carrying this bag and oh, I yeah. don't know if we mentioned it, there's all sorts of things about the weight of the bag, isn't there? They reckon it should be yeah, like evidence they've used on, um, like the army and stuff to uh, to work out like optimum weight for a bag that you can carry for a decent amount of time, like hiking, is somewhere around about 30% of your body weight. But yeah. that's only if you're particularly fit. If you're not particularly fit, it needs to go down somewhere about 20%. Yeah. So, but yeah, no more than that. And even like soldiers can't walk around for too long with anything heavier than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've so, got all sorts yeah. of stuff like having regular drills, so know what your evacuation plan, if you're getting to that farm in the middle of nowhere, have a regular figure out, you know, every so often how you're actually going to do it and have a backup plan. Now, this sounds like an awful lot of effort though, Ollie, doesn't it? Like short of just buying an extra can of chili in a can every time I go to Tesco's, this sounds like a bit of effort. 
Well, yeah, and it, I know we've we've just reeled out some tips there, and it does say quite often in some of the the reading and that that I was doing is that people can get easily overwhelmed with this. Okay, about yeah. all these things that they've got to try and learn to do and figure out and then if they're also then panicking about a situation about the world ending and they start to really believe that there is going to be an electric magnetic pulse that wipes out the grid then it can yeah not be very good for you trying to go too quickly into this with too much effort but okay so slow and steady try and sort one thing out at a time and then uh, go from there exactly but if you've got loads of money though can't you just pay someone to do this for you yeah you can yeah you can you got me onto this earlier this week these things are <laughs> like super bunkers yeah so yeah there's a big massive market now for like not just you know there is a market for putting bunkers in your back garden and companies will come and actually put a bunker underneath your garden and you could stock it and then you live there but there's a market for for like like super yachts there's a market for super bunkers isn't there yes yeah 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 and you can just customize the everything about it and make it super bouge so you could should the world start ending you can get to your super bunker yeah i think the company's called is it vivos or vivos i don't know how you say it but there's a there's a company called vivos who um claim to have the largest sort of bunker um community in the world and they've got one in america they're building one in europe and these are like they're, they're all essentially old army bases, aren't they? Or old like nuclear yep. silos that are already built to to be safe in in the event of a nuclear blast or something like that. They've just recommissioned them, turned them into what is essentially a bunch of really fancy apartments, and just charge you boatloads of money to go and uh, to have one just in case you ever need to get to one. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is this the one that was Point X? Yeah, it's, well, it's called X Point, and they call that. Okay. Um, the X point is the point at which you need to, to go there is what they reckon. Um, yeah, but there's one, I think it's in Dakota, North or South Dakota somewhere. It's 575 private military built concrete and steel, all risk bumper bunkers that have been repurposed, um, ready to provide life-saving shelter for your entire family. Yeah, it is. A, there's a video on this, isn't there? And it's, it is properly in the middle of nowhere, like a two-hour drive away from any sort of civilization. I yeah. think you were telling me that their security, there's one road in and their security can see anybody coming from three miles away. Yeah, yeah. And the, the location, so the US government chose this location. Like, you, you want to have a look at Vavos X Point. Like, who built these... There's like nearly 600 separate bunkers. And from the air, they just look so symmetrical, don't they? They're just like a massive field of them. Just one after these domes that then go under the ground. But yeah, they've chosen a place that's, it's it's further enough away from like all all of the sea. So if the sea were to rise, it would be safe. It's nowhere near any nuclear targets of America. It's nowhere near any big cities. It's nowhere near any volcanoes. It's like perfectly safe. Yeah, and as you say, it's right smack in the middle of America, isn't it? Yeah, but these ones you can buy for, they're $45,000, and then you pay $1,000 a year, um, like ground rent, and then they're just yours. And we watched this video, of the people who already moved in, haven't they? Yeah, people are already there, living there. Partly, yeah, pandemic reasons. Some people uh, decided that they didn't like the the situation with the, with the COVID situation and the pandemic, so they thought, right, we're going to up sticks and move there. 
do you think there's people somewhere who've got a bunker in their back garden, right? And the pandemic hit and they've moved into their bunker, closed the door and they're not <laughs> going to come out. And like, I, yes, obviously COVID's horrific, but it, it hasn't ended the world. Yeah, it, I know what you mean. Do they, do, are they just sitting there like those people who are in like the Vietnam War, they got stuck in the jungle and they, they just stayed there forever. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there is somewhere that they come out in 10 years time completely just cut yeah. themselves off from society and then yeah. see, see um, just just one more this company vivos they've got one in europe right but this one isn't $35,000 this is like in the millions of dollars to get one of these apartments and they've called it the ultimate life assurance solution for high net worth families okay and these are like these are mega apartments over they're like 232 meters squared uh two story living quarters underground you know you can put cinema rooms in them and jacuzzis and like things like that theaters gyms is this the one where you can contact them and their helicopter will come and pick you up yes you yeah basically they're within like 400 miles or something and it's yeah but that like although if you've got billions of pounds what is a few million quid just to have a, a bolt hole in case it does happen but we were saying it earlier like if the world has got to that situation where you then need to live in a bunker and not come out of it again. Is that world you want to be in? I don't know. I don't know. Have you not even yeah. spoken about The Walking Dead? I mean, I've, I've, watched the, <laughs> I've watched The Walking Dead. That doesn't look like a happy place. No, no, this is true. Yeah, it, it, it's strange, but like, you know, we've seen with the pandemic and like you can see around the world, stuff does happen that is pretty horrific and that you do need to be ready for, I guess. And, you know, just with seeing more and more of it on the news, just more and more people are getting ready for it, I guess. All right, Liam, I'll buy the extra tin of beans every week. If that's what you're telling me, I've got, what I've got to Hell do. Yeah. Hell yeah, extra tin of chili in a can. Just have a few in your garage. Just in case. <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> we need two weeks in a bug out bag and we'll be fine right have you got any interesting facts this week i found it i gotta be honest i found it a little bit difficult to find an interesting fact this week but i've got one but you got any yeah there like you say there weren't any yeah real ones that that jump out at you but i started to look more into about the popularity of how it's it's growing in interest and again you know we sort of touched on it earlier where it's you know social media means that similar people with similar mindset, the pandemics happened and all these things, you know, natural disasters, people not liking the governments and all that that are around the world that are then starting making them prepare even more. And there's a company in America, a fintech business called finder.com. It surveyed a load of people. They said in the last 12 months, roughly 45% of Americans or 115 million people say that they've spent money preparing on survival materials. You think, all right, so yeah, 45% of Americans have done that in the last 12 months. The prior 12 months, it was only 20% of Americans had done it. Wow. That's but a massive that, increase, isn't it? That could be, though, people who have just bought an extra tin of beans, couldn't it? And then you, you sign the form saying, yeah, I've, I've prepared. Yeah, what, well, survival um, materials? I don't know. Yeah, I, I read, my one was the market for what they call incident and emergency management. The global market for incident and emergency management is going to top $400 billion in the next couple of years. Um, wow. And it was only about $70 billion three years ago. It's yeah. just like a four or five fold jump. 
Wow. Well, yeah, like $60 billion. If people are buying up those bunkers. Yeah, true. That's crazy, isn't it? That's, yeah, we need to maybe get on board with that. <laughs> so, so, Liam, this week has been my topic. It's been Ollie's topic. What have you thought about it? I thought it was really interesting because it is like, like I said, I read about it all the time. It is one of my interests. So I, I really liked reading about it. I think it seems, it, it make us sound like one of those tin hat crazy people. I think it seems like you something that you could do, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> okay. Could I do this? Could I, <laughs> could I tell the <laughs> wife to buy more things when she goes shopping? Um, no, but I, I mean, I know what one is. I know what people are prepping for. I know what I should be doing. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it necessarily but yeah i definitely talk about it with somebody do you agree <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, absolutely yeah i i could definitely hold a conversation with somebody about this now i have a way way more of an idea about it i started out with the perception that preppers are those tin hat people and that they are like conspiracy theorists and you know maybe a little bit crazy but it actually turns out doing the research there's a lot of what you know, like in commas, normal people that are doing this, and a lot of people who are just thinking it's a a sensible thing to be a little bit more prepared than what they are now, which I found quite interesting. It's not just full of crazies, but I yeah. I, uh, I I really enjoyed it, and I could definitely hold a conversation with somebody about this now. Cool, and we have an interview, don't we? Lined up, I think. Yes. This week. Yeah, we do. With, um... But something even more exciting to get onto, something I'm looking forward to hearing. Oh, yeah. You need to tell me Liam's choice for next week. This nearly changed today because I mentioned it to a kid at school and uh, he told me what his suggestion would be. And uh, I nearly swapped it because I thought it was good. But it's not. So this is our drum roll, please. If you could insert one. Next week, we are going to learn all about the London Underground. Oh, nice. That's a really good one. That is, yeah, thought, top. I thought as much. I thought it I should be, yeah, probably go on it all the time. Know anything about it. it, it it's like the epitome of, of the point of the podcast because you, you can always talk about the London Underground with somebody. So hopefully we yeah. should uh, be able to share some um, pretty interesting facts and figures and history about it and things like that. And uh, Amazing. Should be good. I really like that. Yeah. Thanks very much for listening this week, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed learning about preppers and have a bit more of an idea about them. If you have any questions for us, hit us up on the social media at Two Guys One Topic at Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you or, or hear your thoughts. Get out there and share some prepper knowledge. 